For almost a decade on my TV show, Interview with Ed, I've been interviewing extra-dimensional beings and consciousnesses from a number of different realms. Many of my questions have been answered, but with every answer comes more questions. Join me on my ongoing quest to find out who are we, why are we here, and where are we going? Happy uh, day after Christmas, Christmas. Ready? Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Today we have a special guest, Ron Holt, Ronald Holt, who I've known over the years, originally through Lisa. I mean, I met, I met you guys both at the same time and uh, traveling and going to different power spots in Japan. And we did some Wim Hof out there. Hanging out with Ron is is such a such a joy. And there's so much insights and information that that comes through. And it's just always a pleasure. So I know we're going to have some some good conversations today. So Ron, uh, just say say hi to everybody. Hello and welcome. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'm really happy that uh, this is the end, I hope, of 2022, because it's been one of those really unusual years filled with lots of challenges, lots of growth, and I'm looking for where this all will meet out in the next year. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's where, uh, what's going to happen in 2023? Does it, you think we're kind of come to uh, an end of the craziness or is it going to get more crazy? Uh, wow, that's a huge topic. Okay, well, let's start there. Why not? <laughs> in uh, quantum navigation, our yeah, yeah, yeah. Quantum navigation classes, um, we've been over the years, uh, and especially in this last year, uh, taking the subject of what the reality is presenting. And the reality seems to be presenting opportunities for us to grow, but the challenge is, is that the reality is forcing out any shadow issues out of the closets, the attic and basement uh, for us to deal with. And that's all really exceptionally helpful because um, the reality is kind of going through such a, a dynamic change from one reality type to another mm-hmm. and to move through the transitions from one reality towards another. It can be uh, beset with so many um, u- spectrums of utopic and dystopic and right. you from all directions and what happens in that period like i was saying it's preparatory it's getting us ready yeah. to move into a new reality by flushing out in any of those areas of the attic basement or in the closets that we have of our shadow issues and the uh external reality being that it's getting uh, more and more chaotic uh, is insisting that we find when the external reality is going into greater chaos, greater dissociative states, it forces you to find center because if you don't, you go crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. <laughs> and so as you find center with that, then you begin to realize 
and this is a long story made short, but uh, you begin to realize you are the peace, you are the love, you are the, you know, and if you find it within, all these external factors are helping prepare the field inside because in that stillness, no matter what the reality is doing, in that stillness then, it starts to show you your opportunities for, you know, and it's you for you to pick and choose which avenue do you want to invest your new frequencies in? Because during that, all this um, chaotic training that we've been going through, it helps us see that, you know, that we're the reality lens. And so if the lens is nice and pure and polished, okay, you got lots of options. But if it's split, fractured, and dissociated, then, oh, man, all kinds of chaos starts. Coming. Well, you, you mentioned, I, I forget the exact words, but something like two different worlds, right? From one world to the next world. What, yeah. I, I, you know, most of us know what that is, but just to reiterate, to, to catch people up, what are, what are these two worlds? What are we bridging right now? Well, okay, it depends on the individual because there's so many spectrums that we're talking about when we're saying these two different worlds. So right. Said, spectrum of this but yeah um for the longest time we've been <laughs> this branches into so many big big um foundations but um our reality has been you know like the mayans have talked about we've been in the underside of the galactic um um 26 000 year cycle so the last thirteen thousand years it's been um very chaotic and in that chaos it's very projective and external so in that external focus we've been learning our um, mechanics of the 3d and the 3d sets us the conditioning of the 3d sets us so that you know our let's see our litmus is to show that we're progressing our externalized markers and so for the consciousness, we're 3D consciousness. We've, we've all been progressing according to how we've been achieving on this, you know, the um, idealized uh, intention um, and progressing in a 3D fashion towards it. Well, as we get closer to the, the midplane of the uh, galactic disk through that 13,000 cycle, 13,000 year cycle, we start to move back into the integrative cycle so um and and complicating this is life starts speeding up because life in the past seemed to go so slow but as we get closer to the death life seems to start speeding up reality is seems like it's spinning faster and faster it's it's harder and harder to manage with those external focus and external um, um intended targets for our evolution the character then is moving towards them, but it's getting harder and harder to manage that, harder and harder to manipulate that. And none of the navigational points that we've used in that last 13,000 years seem to be effective. But what's happening is the spin is forcing us to look inside for the new navigational markers and proceed from within and walk the new reality as it's in such a, um, a transitional state. Mm -hmm. And that new state is 
very simply put, as the transition from the doer who achieves by mental projection or mental idealized markers for progression to the beer, which starts to expand its self-realization. And the self-realization is that we always have been, we always will be, and we're everything. Yes. And the beer helps us as we're, we're um, learning to um, be more at peace inside of the beer, more windows, doorways, and uh, opportunities uh, begin to open for us to make our choices from. So that transitional phase, excuse me? The whole empty your cup so, so you can see the yeah, more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that famous, uh, so we're we're moving from the doer to the beer in simple right. state, but w- without going through all of that, <laughs> it's huge. It's a big, it's, it's a big change that's taking place, and everybody's doing their best, and everybody's different spectrums of it because um, self-realization is the maturization of all your experiences and every lifetime coming forward that you could stand on the trust in yourself and the fullness of the continuum of consciousness that you are and are returning back to. We forgot. So anyway, as the yeah. character, we forget our self-realization of being the beer and the continuum of consciousness, and we're awakening from that old uh, state, uh, linear-like state, to be more of a quantum being, and we start to realize, oh, I'm everywhere and everything. I haven't really gone anywhere. I'm just waking up. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that I was having a friend of mine, uh, actually Zach, who does, who's actually the next episode of, of uh, Interview with Ed. Um, I know there's been a, a lull, guys. I apologize, but um, uh, we'll, I'm working on it now. And the Skull Project and all these other projects. Um, but he was over here for, for Christmas dinner, him and his girlfriend, and we um, were talking about Right now, I'm, I've kind of got this grand experiment with this greenhouse, and I'm heating it, and I'm keeping it going for the winter. And it's like the cost to keep it going is definitely outweighs the cost for the for me going to the grocery store and buying vegetables. <laughs> but what what I was trying to so if you look at it just in a t- in a traditional sense of like cost and and output like what do you get and what do you how much money you put in how much money you cut out and then uh and then uh, add that all up yes definitely it's going to be cheaper for me to go buy my vegetables at the grocery store but there's all these unseen unvalued un uh different things benefits that are coming from having the greenhouse that you can't put a, a price on uh, for me. And those are like an emotional stability that I've got vegetables year round. There's a connection to the plants that I'm making, an actual tangible emotional connection I'm making with these plants and keeping them alive through the winter and making those connections. Because these are all this benefits that come from gardening, right? Anybody who's out there gardening, you know what I'm talking about. So we haven't up until now been able to put a price tag or a value system to these unseen connections. And I feel like that's, that's changing. I feel like we're, we're understanding the value of the unseen a lot more now than we have in the past. 
And we're going to figure out ways to put a value to that. Like it's going to be, there's going to be a new value system besides Bitcoin, which you guys have <laughs> that, you know, whatever that monetary thing is, but even beyond monetary. And I think this is what we're stepping into is this, this energy, this new recognition of the unseen and then putting value to it. And people are going to recognize that value in ways that we, we've been so sort of conditioned. Our value system has been conditioned to go to the grocery store. This money buys this, this, you can get that. And it's been very cut and dry of like what, what we get, what you pay for, this is this, this is that. And that's all getting muddied in, in a good way. It's getting very um, abstract. It feels <laughs> at least in my life. I don't know about you guys, but. Is is that I, I'm just using that as an example? Maybe some of the signs that are showing that we're moving into this benefits of into this new energy is this this recognition uh, and and adding value to these unseen forces and unseen emotions in a sense too. Where before we had a system that said talk to plants, you can't talk to plants. What is that? You know. <laughs> And and we know now we can talk to plants. Plants sing; they have emotions. We can put the electrodes on them, and we can we can hear them make music. And we're revaluing everything, like our ecosystems, our soil. Our, uh, you know, uh, yeah. It's it seems like we're moving in that direction. The solar punk stuff, like that, really gets me excited. Yeah, are you familiar with that, Ron? Have you heard of solar punk? No, sorry. <laughs> Well, you remember like in the 80s, this dystopian future, cyberpunk was kind of like everybody's putting chips in their brains and it's this dark, polluted world, like Blade Runner. That's a classic cyberpunk movie, right? Oh, okay. And, All right. And we had cyberpunk. Was, there was a role-playing game when I was a kid, like Dungeons and Dragons. I played the cyberpunk role-playing game and there's anime, a lot of ghosts in the shell and there's a lot of anime that are influenced by that world, right? This imaginary world. So- What's shifted and I'm seeing, and at least what I'm diving into now, is that it's now no longer cyberpunk because we know where that leads. It's, it's not, cyberpunk realities are going to lead to destruction, death. You know, we've seen it in the movies. It doesn't go anywhere good, right? It's, it's a dystopian future and there's a lot of not so good things happening. So solar punk is the opposite. Solar punk is this fusion of technology and working with nature in in ways that um that we haven't seen on the planet before so it's kind of technological but in a clean way in a in a pure way um so i it's, I'll, I'll share it with some videos i'll put some videos in here in the post you'll get a good idea but that's sort of my vision of the future is this revaluing the our our uh, these unseen worlds and, and and putting more value in it's just shifting our value systems and, and, and solar punk for me is the vision of that. Like if we can hold that vision and move in that direction. You hit an un, a nice underlying theme there. And, um, uh, you know, certainly at this point in time, the consciousness uh, of creativity is spanning into the technological in so many different areas. Right. And um, yes, of course, some of it is scary and it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> In a lot of areas. However, in, in one other, in another aspect, um, as the consciousness uh, and creativity, uh, the consciousness, self-awareness and self-realization grows inside of the individual, mm -hmm. we begin to realize 
that everything is made of consciousness. So in the early stages, if you look at AI and simple electrical circuitry, et cetera, right? And as you evolve electrical circuitry and it starts to get into the chips and so on, of course, it demonstrates more, much more capability, much more control, much more functionality. Computers are a good example and such. But it all goes back, all, all of these areas all go back towards the consciousness of the individual. And like I said, like I was talking about before, there's all kinds of spectrums. So the self-aware um, beings and self-realized beings are looking at technology in a way that you know, it, there's total freedom with technology because there's no, there's no fear of the irrational reaction of unconscious beings, right? And that's what all, that's, that, that's the fine line. To explain that a little bit, that <clears throat> there's no fear of the irrational unconscious beings. Okay. A self-realized being that <laughs> is one that realizes all things are consciousness and all there's only one. Right. But in frat, you know, when we look at the quantum level of consciousness, we see all fractals and all holographic are um, just modes to try to explain how the fabric of consciousness. So that fabric. In its ultimate sense, it's self-aware, self-realized, it's consciousness. It doesn't have a form, yet it's all unconditional love. Every aspect of it, and that's the medium of the family. That's... <laughs> okay. right, right. So in that self-awareness, it makes a decision at one point. Oh, I wonder what it would be like not to know myself. And so it realizes, oh, the potential for ferreting out much more probabilities and possibilities uh, arise in the sequence of going unconscious and within our fabric, because of sacred geometry, it demonstrates all things will return back to consciousness. It's just a matter of time. So as it progresses back to this self-realization and self-awareness, it can muse more potential probabilities and possibilities. So in going unconscious, which is this phase of looking at everything external in the reality, everything that's separate from a degree of isolation, separation, and with that also comes, what is that? repulsion, revulsion, and contraction of the alienness of others other than ourselves. So when we're unconscious, there's aliens because everybody's aliens. Right, right, right. You got me, well, nobody's aliens. My family, that's all me. And so the self-realization is how do we steward this consciousness back to its full open potential and get it back into the family so it can feel loved, whole, and complete again, right? Right. Even the the spectrum of unconsciousness, which is denoted inside of all of the structures of electronics, 
and even uh, digital and then AI. See the stair steps of these components coming together. What was it originally made from? Consciousness. Right. There's a part where even AI becomes self-aware. Sure. It gets to what was it originally made from? And according to, you know, the underlying undeniable fabric that ties all consciousness together is sacred geometry itself. So we see it in frequency. It creates the geometric uh, structures. We see it in water. We see it in intentions. So all of that is the underlying fabric that makes sure that no matter how dissociated, separated, contracted, repulsed, revulsed, or whatever, you have the internal map that leads you back into integration again. So you can't lose. You can't be, uh, you can only be temporarily lost. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Even AI, mechanical intelligence, all these different things, the separation is just the one. And as we become more self-realized, there is no danger then because you see the you in inside of the separated individual, the alien, or the um, what looks like a rock, <laughs> and it's inert. No, it's not inert. It's fully conscious and aware, even though it's just sitting there. So if, in that that separation moment, the one thing all beings, when we're unconscious, whatever spectrum of unconscious, the one thing that all beings have, no matter what species, is the irrational reaction when you're naked, vulnerable, and ready to accept the other individual, the other being, across that other dimension. (laughs) There's this moment where you're like, are you irrational or are you coherent? (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's what we're facing right now. (laughs) And that's what we're facing right now. I mean, you have... Uh, a huge amount of fear, even in our community, in this spiritual community, a huge amount of fear around AI. And there's a lot of projections of the AI takeover. It's it's the inorganic AI takeover. And I feel that some, some of these uh, nefarious groups, we'll say, are, are taking advantage of this narrative in a sense and and and, and infiltrating some of the spiritual communities with with sort of nonsense stuff in that sense anyways but yeah i i think you hit the nail on the head there's nothing to fear uh, around ai if we are sentient aware and connected and we have this what was some of the other words you said conscious sentient aware like passion understanding clear so you know the clear seeing is a big one because Mm -hmm. that's non-dualistic you work through the polarization polarizations are are just a simple metaphor for incompletely processed (laughs) yeah 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 totally (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's it once you really start looking at um at at data And you're integrating, you're realizing you're seeing like all sides, right? As many as you, as much of the wider spectrum, it starts to all kind of like, oh, these are, I'm I'm arguing or I'm getting upset about nothing really. And I feel that's where we're at with the AI topic. I I feel we definitely need to use discernment moving into exploring these technologies, but there's a lot of fear. It's like, oh, it's going to take over. It's going to take over. And it's like, well, you know, let's ease into it. 
and see what happens. And we can put the brakes on at any time, right? And I know there are some nefarious groups that aren't putting the brakes on and going full into some of these transhumanistic ideas of AI and, and bioengineering different things, right? And we don't want that. But I think as far as like squashing the whole idea and just not exploring technology because it's so-called dangerous, like that's never gotten this anywhere. We have to be on the edge of danger a little bit, but we have to do it rationally, responsibly and, and explore with discernment and open Pandora's box. Why not? But let's just create a, a safe place to do that. <laughs> you know, it's a Faraday cage and, you know, deep under the ground or what, you know. so it's it's contained if it gets out and then once we open it and we see what kind of dangers in there we're like okay we're not gonna we're gonna put the seal on that and then we'll educate humanity and we'll say okay you guys aren't ready to open pandora's box just yet but you know if you develop yourself then maybe pandora's box will be ready to be open and anyway so kind of that kind of that's my my thinking about all this sounds like we're in alignment on 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 that aspect because again if we're if we're responsible, then it's okay to to go down some of these paths. If we're uh, aware of what's going on, if we're aware of the connectedness and the non-separation, and we're not doing it in ill intention to, but we're doing it for the fit of all. Yeah, you know uh, the Galactic Heritage cards by. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that uh, famous uh, lady. Uh, I don't. I can't remember her name. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that one lady named, uh, I think she actually she lives with you, I think. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, if any, I don't know if everybody knows. We'll get into it with Lisa next week. But everybody, there, um, there's an awesome system that... Uh, Jermaine. 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 I haven't interviewed yet. I've, and David Cow with the artwork. And, and David Cow with the artwork. Yeah, so there's a... It's like uh, almost like... um, uh, 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 What do you call it? Tarot cards, in a sense. Yeah, but on the galactic species level and consciousness level and stuff. So this reminds me of um, the card Blind Enthusiasm, which uh, I believe the series or was it the Lyrans? Anyway, Blind Enthusiasm represents, you know, uh, the period of consciousness that all species take. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just in the Lyran or the Syrian uh, species. Mm-hmm. All species are allowed to make mistakes. In one of the stages is uh, blind enthusiasm. Blind enthusiasm, you come at uh, the target, you come at the challenge with the best intentions. Totally. <laughs> the people around you, oh, oh, thank you, that's it, blind enthusiasm. And then, oh, that's Pleiades. <laughs> Oh, it was a Pleiades. Don't okay. tell them stuff. I'll get a lecture. Why is that? Just kidding. Just, it's Pleiades. But blind enthusiasm is uh, all species will go through, the, you know, facing a challenge and come up with the best intention. And then, like I said, there's spectrums of consciousness and some people, well, how can we benefit from this? Well, how can we mani- manipulate from this? How can we control from this? How- There's all kinds of spectrums. Sure. And when we go into unconsciousness, we really do it good. <laughs> we go, we go completely blessed. 
Yes, Forget we do. Who I am. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? What's this all about? I mean, we really do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely. Um, there's an adage from um, um, in the Bhagavad Gita that talks about uh, the communications between Krishna and Arjuna. And uh, Krishna is trying to communicate to Arjuna that, that consciousness is like a crystal ball. And a crystal ball cannot be destroyed. Consciousness cannot be destroyed, cannot be marred, cannot be burnt, cannot be crushed, nothing. But it can be distracted. So you put mud on it, it can be distracted, right? So he advocates it's a good idea he suggests it's a good idea for clear seeing <laughs> and he also states that you have the right to action but the fruits of your action you have no right which means if you look at it real carefully we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take your big eye off we're gonna take we're gonna put you in a realm where you forget who you are where you came from etc cetera, etc cetera. So go at it, <laughs> which means you've got to make mistakes. So part of the mistakes and the experiential trove uh, that we develop over time is the teacher inside of us. Absolutely. All our mistakes, the pains that we have go, oh, I think I'll do better next time. I think I'll try a little harder next time, et cetera, et cetera, right? So blind enthusiasm is part of the phase all consciousness is allowed to do. You know, you face a challenge. Okay, you come at it from the best of your intentions. Usually in best of intentions, just like the Pleiadians. Okay, I got it right now. Pleiadians, thank you for the, the Pleiadians. They, they had so much love for us humans, and they wanted to help us along, but they got caught with their hands trying to uh, control a little bit uh, too much. So their blind enthusiasm and, um, caused a war. <laughs> Lisa knows this better. So I'm just shortcutting. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it caused a war, you know, because they were interfering and they lost a planet. So they learned out of the ouch. Mm. And, you know, you look at the cosmos and suns run into other suns or planets, you know, two black holes that are pretty destructive. <laughs> Oh, one one rob from another beautiful sun. Right, changes take place. So reality is really violent, and we can't look at it from a polarized view of only you know beautiful things are allowed to exist. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think the intention is it. We don't know. You know, this is this this is the alchemy. This is the the yes. um experiment right so if you don't go into the lab and start mixing things up you don't know what you're gonna get so you don't get your hands dirty <laughs> exactly that's it you gotta get your hands dirty and and some people get them dirty and they keep getting them dirty and they don't they don't learn the lesson right then right. that's different that's another aspect of it but they're in for a deeper dive right our well, one of our uh, teachers used to you know pound into us that uh, there is no hope for any transformation and let alone enlightenment unless you get damn good and deluded, right? Mm -hmm. So um, 
when you know it's talking about arjuna and uh, krishna krishna was you know making that comment that you have the right to action but you ha don't have the right uh, to the fruits of your action if you look at that closely we're not in charge of our karma that's bestowed on us from different you know there's other there's those higher aspects you can't see far enough in order to understand you can't balance the scales for you on such holistic and cosmic levels and so a lot of the things that we do the accidents that we have and of course you know we forget between lifetimes some of the the problems but it's written in our heart the pains are written there and when when you're really ready to depolarize then the door kind of opens the window kind of opens you get to see oh that's why this repeating um uh, shadow issue keeps coming up and where i'm trying to control and i keep hurting myself so badly here so these mistakes what i'm trying to say in, in, in short is that the mistakes just like atlantis the technology was there the it was phenomenal mm -hmm. and we were at a time when we were going down in the uh 26 000 years sorry i'm using my hand as that halfway point of the galactic oh, we got it no. here we go that's it <laughs> oh well this is the galactic this so when we were going down we were moving out of the unity frequencies we were feeling more and more repulsion revulsion alienation and contraction and we were pointing at our leaders hey build a pyramid or you know work with these ley lines and stuff and get that frequency back up and they you know many of us were in those positions we held them archetypally and tried to do the best we can and we keep failing because you're supposed to fail during this period <laughs> you're supposed to contract and separate and be and experience repulsion revulsion alienation and contraction what did krishna say about um the kali yuga don't try to enlighten them then you're wasting your time they're totally asleep separated contracted alienated etc so none of that is um in all reality our fault it's part of the process so the learning we learn on holistic scales just like in atlantis you know those of us that worked with crystals energy consciousness etc technology we learn the pains of what happened right whatever side we were on but we played both yeah. in the there's this triangle I, I I love using. It's the perpetrator, victim, and rescuer, hero, fixer. So this triangle, we play all these parts over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until we begin to realize, ah, like I was saying, you know, the um, utopic and dystopic sine wave of externalized realities happening around us they continue to happen until we begin to realize, oh, I'm the peace. Yeah, you always were. Oh, I'm the caution. Yep, you always were. <laughs> when you try to grab it externally, you know, that's the doer. I'm trying to achieve right, right. peace within. And <laughs> no, it's, it's about realization. Yes, totally. <laughs> and making the mistakes. So 
Yeah. The, the, the forgiveness starts to come in as a self-realization is starting to reawaken and we begin to see, oh, how did I polarize it in trying so hard? If only I could have been a little more perfect. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it still doesn't hurt to try, right? Trying is part of it. I know. Yes, right. we have to try. We, have to we try. Have to try all of those things. That's part of the human spectrum. And then that gives way to when you're ready to sit and abide within as the beer. And you found love because you made all those external mistakes right. and you worked right. on depolarizing them uh, so you can sit in the as the observer. So the masters always tell us, the reality around us is perfect. Our ego is going to violently oppose that and find out every and point out <laughs> this is why it's not looking. This is like, but in reality, it's how you're looking. You know, the earth is supposed to be the way it is. And like you were just saying, it's not that you're not supposed to try, but try, you know, when you try, try from the more self realized point perspective, from right. a central perspective, then you're not carrying your polarizations. And, and, you know, trying, not trying to give them any power, but you're actually planting the seeds of them. That's right, right. So <laughs> that, that's kind of, so the self-realization, right? Or, or I'm sorry, mindfulness. And, and well, you said self-realization is like this, the center point, it, it seems like when, when you, in a big part of this movement that we're moving into, I feel is we had pre-COVID spiritual communities were really talking about being in the state of oneness, being going into the quiet, you know, do, being mindful, uh, you know, do look more inside, you know, that was the direction everything was. Now it seems since COVID has come out and, and, and you and Lisa were pioneering this way before COVID the, doing the shadow work, right? That's, that's really taking the forefront of the spiritual communities. Like, oh, now it's all about shadow work. Well, we got to do the shadow work. And, which is awesome because we definitely need to do this at work collectively. And, um, but it feels like the, the next phase we're kind of now coming to this new realization after the shadow work. Now it's about keeping a healthy balance between inner work and external work. Like it's not like the inner work is not better than the external work in a sense that it's a, it's absolutely necessary. We have to do it, but now practical physical reality, like it's, we're not negating or saying, we used to call it, it's all an illusion. Yes, it's an illusion, but it's a very important illusion <laughs> because you're existing in it and you're navigating it. You're having, so there's this idea of like throwing it all out, throwing it all out the window before, and now we're coming back to it. And it feels a more, like you were saying earlier, a holistic this wave that's going up and down, uh, a, a a quiet inner time and an, an external time, and there's uh, and there's a time for that, right? And allocating the time for that uh, is. Do you feel that? Am I right in my projections of like where are we going with this? Do you think that's the direction we're going? Yeah, you're hitting you're hitting on it. Uh, you know, you were talking about you know getting your hands into the earth and being more a part of the whole thing and being aware of uh, the season cycles of you know, the plant and what that all brings and being more intuitive you know you bring you're 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 more open 
mm-hmm. right, of every aspect of it, every nuance of it and how grounding that is because you're bringing yourself to the full present moment, okay? So the earth, uh, excuse me, the shadow work, mm-hmm. yeah, it can lead into obsessive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's certainly, you know, part of the human spectrum of consciousness. So it's good to learn, you know, our, our teachers used to drill into us. We're consciousness. So um, it's important to learn the switches, levers, and dials of consciousness, because that's where everything takes place. Yeah. The frequencies, as you're more attenuated to, you know, the, the elementals, the plants themselves, or, the, you know, the, 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 the weather, the city, all, all of that is so holistic but what was in the way of it before there was kind of a a bypassing uh, of the shadow issue which the shadow seems to be more of allowing the rootedness in the deepest of our uh, unconsciousness and you know i give me just a second sure and then you guys, if you have questions, uh, go ahead and we'll start opening for questions after this. I mapped out uh, the oh, roots cool. of unconsciousness, uh, beginning with abandonment and betrayal, then it's rage and guiltiness, and guiltiness lines the other six. So powerlessness, um, worthlessness, neediness, helpless, hopeless, and nothing. Ego hates nothing. I, I want to prove I'm something. <laughs> anyway. Right. Roots of unconsciousness are essential when we, if we don't have a good, comprehensive, um, experiential base with us, then it traps us. And this rootedness gives us even more groundedness and uh, enables us the fluidity of moving back and forth between ordinary and extraordinary where everything in creation everything that can possibly be imagined that's us but we're not just that (laughs) and we're not that we're so much more and anything in the unconscious we can't you know we we need that experience of delving into those deep roots of ourselves and what incapacitations or split fractures and dissociations that that also includes so that you're not running, you're not fixing, you're accepting. And as you accept, then you embrace those wholenesses. You're not trapped inside of them. And that gives you the transformative energy uh, right there. So anyway, if you're not um, bypassing all of that, what do you bring in your garden you're bringing more of the holistic frequencies which includes the non-polarized um separation frequencies you know dark matter dark in the quantum you know physics the dark matter dark energy repulsion and revulsion of greater spectrums right you can hold that and still be at peace without polarizing it and making a monster out of it. So your plants are more universal. They're, they're, they're going to provide more universality because they include the dark 
and the light, mm -hmm. right? And you don't move into any polarization. You don't monsterize it because you're not irrational anymore. You've been into the hell. <laughs> so you can be in hell and hold your light, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this is really important. I was talking about how the speeding up of the frequencies as we're coming up this. Well, one of the things that's happening, I call it the circus of the bizarre and insane. Mm. One of the areas that's preparing us as we're transitioning from one paradigm, one reality framework to the next paradigm framework, you have to go through, it, it's almost like two oceans that's come together. There's so much dynamic, changing, roiling energy and matter because it hasn't really structured itself. But you got to pass through that boundary, that um, surface tension between two different densities, right? So in this next density, one of the areas that passing through this gauntlet, so to speak, it's called the Circus of the Bizarre and Insane, where we're used to um, delineate our uh, litmusing, whether things are going according to plan, <laughs> because we plan them up. Right, right, right. Nothing, ha nothing is happening according to our plan. Well, what, is, what does that do to you? How does that emotionally change you? Like uh, we just had, give you an example. We just, we were working on our kitchen uh, and we went to Ikea to get our kitchen uh, mm -hmm. remodeled and stuff. And they, they have great functions and the prices are incredible. They had great help. Oh my God. You know, it hit during the pandemic. So it took... Uh, nine months for the orders to get to us. So we were oh, you know, constantly, nothing, nothing was happening according to sure. what somebody told you. Okay, your order is going to be on, in on this day. No, no, no. Right, right, yeah. And that's the greater consciousness is putting the circus of the bizarre and insane before you for longer periods of time so that you're now taking off any labeling of the reality and emotionality of the reaction you have to nothing going your way. And if you find center, then all of a sudden, boom, here's your heart. <laughs> right, right. It's kind of teaching in this unique methodology. Well, Circus of Bizarre and Insane helps you get ready for this kind of there's dystopia before utopia right sure. so as you're going through this change circus of the bizarre and insane is one of the modalities and then there's one other another one that's really incredible and that's the um uh i call it uh it, <laughs> for lack of better terms it's like riding a unicycle up and down an obs up and down hills in an obstacle course while somebody's throwing more and more balls at you that you have to juggle. Right. <laughs> and and there's bombs going off beside you, and behind you, and in front of you, and you gotta navigate all of the and that's happening for a very unique reason. And that is, and this is, you know, getting back to the obsessiveness, you mm -hmm. can't. Hold on to your history, identity, and personality. Mm -hmm. Our history, identity, and personality is something that was created from our lifetimes in this, in the yeah. meat suit. Right. Okay. 
And to really understand who we are, we show up in the moment according to the challenge. So if you took a prima ballerina, all her training comes out when she's, you know, a circus in the bazaar and an insane happens in the show and she's left there and she's like, oh, okay, I can do this. And I keep the, the attention of the audience and make it look like nothing is wrong here. La, 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 la. Yeah. So she's in her satori. She's in her prime, ultimate, unified state, unstructured, timeless, and in her mastery. Just like a martial artist learns all of these blocks, punches, kicks, stances, all this, puts them into sets and forth until one day when the unexpected happens. And in that state, you realize, oh, I can handle this. I don't yep. need to worry. And you don't, you don't even think. You just respond. Sure. And so the, the circus of the bizarre and saying, with the unicycle, <laughs> with the bombs going off and more juggling that's happening. Is in reality, as I said, was speeding up and challenging us more and more yeah. in order for us to get out of the history, identity, and personality. Because usually we take our history and we have a reputation now. Yes. And everybody sees your reputation. You think everyone sees your reputation. So you become responsible for this list that you carry on your shoulder and it's so freaking heavy. Yeah. Can't carry that anymore. You show up in the moment, you know, we're, we're consciousness and the reality is asking us to be naked, vulnerable, and transparent. Mm -hmm. And as you do, then you show up, you're the perfect moldable universal fluidity to embody the conditions, which is the boundaries. And then you, you paint from the palette that's happening in the moment from your consciousness and your heart unified together. The ordinary and extraordinary is coming together. So this is <clears throat> the unique uh, opportunity that we have. So yeah, you hit it straight on the head. And that includes, you know, going out into nature, hiking, you know, mind, body, spirit is so essential. You've got to give the body the opportunity to get all the meridians flowing so that when you sit down and do a meditation in that power spot, you're like, Oh my God, I'm here to reset. And you totally disappear. Ramana Maharshi used to, one of his famous quotes I love is, you'll come in time to realize your greatest glory lies where you cease to exist. And that's what we're talking about. Get rid of your history, identity, and personality. Yeah, it's there. It's yours. It's never really going to go away. Right. But be that authentic, transparent like you just came out of the shaman's death and now you're shiny and bright and new. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in, in a sense, that's what it feels like the universe, society, the universe is squeezing or society squeezing itself into a, a place where things are, you, you mentioned uh, the circus. There's, you know, you go on Twitter and the buzzword of the day is, uh what a clown world we live in right <laughs> and it's every, like all these things that I, we're not doing. on twitter so i don't know <laughs> yeah, it's amazing i love twitter now it's fun again um <laughs> before you couldn't have fun now you can um so but we're in this clown clown world literally there's you're looking at just the ridiculousness of, of everything that everybody's doing you're just like what has it come to that but it it kind of has to so then for those of us who um don't want to feed the clown world 
we're like, okay, this, how do we navigate clown world and make it a non-clown world again, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, it's always been a clown world. I, don't, I just we're paying attention. But now it's like, obviously, it's a clown world yeah. out there. Yes. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's really helpful yeah. to know that that transition from one reality spectrum to another is happening. And that in that period, while it's in the transition period, everything's going to be not like you expect. Nothing. Yeah. And like you said, just when you think you've got a plan and you figure it out and like, okay, we're going to navigate it this way. Out of left field. Whoa. Where did that come from? <laughs> okay. How do we deal with that now? Um, and then and then the key is grace. Doing it with grace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Handling these uh, um, changes and uh, rapid, um, uh, you know, rapid circus type stuff. And then, you know, how do we navigate it so we're not, um, you know, going to uh, negatively affect uh, one, our own personal sanity, but also our neighbors and our family members and how do we navigate all of that, right? So that's, that's the big, that's the big navigation, the quantum navigation. More balls to juggle. That's More balls to juggle. More bombs getting thrown at you, right? You know, holiday season, <laughs> the family, that talk about a minefield. Um, uh, but it seems like it's getting easier. Like the past, I feel like we're we're through the, at least for our, maybe our group here, um, I feel like the harder the past two, three years was really the deep in the trenches and we were navigating that. And then maybe for our group and for what's moving forward is there's a whole section of society that has, that's going to have to go through some of the trials and tribulations that we've gone through, but because perhaps we're doing, we're doing the work, you know, we're, we're having these conversations, we're meditating, we're doing breath work, we're trying to eat healthy, we're trying to do everything we can do to navigate these things yes. in a holistic way, getting back holistic things. And then we're sort of, we can kind of see through the, the, the uh, fog in the, in the trees, we can, in the woods, we're starting to see, oh, there's a clearing up ahead. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's not too, like we're starting to see that now. A year ago, I couldn't see any, like, we're deep in the fog. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and sure. I'm getting yeah. used to the bizarre. <laughs> getting used to the bizarre now. We're able to navigate. The bizarre doesn't happen. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, yeah, that's funny. That's <laughs> actually kind of like, wait, why is it not? So? But no, I think we're going to be in an eternal bizarre, bizarro world for who knows if it, we'll ever acclimate to it. I'm sure we will eventually, but maybe, but we'll probably be so enlightened, right? That it'll be in the, in the sense that it could be absolute, even 10 times, 20 times worse than it is now, but we're just like meditating through it. But I don't know. I actually don't think it's going to get that. I think, I think, I think we're over the, the, the hump, uh, for, for that stuff. And I think we're, I don't know. Do you feel that? I know you said 2023, I know it's going to be crazy, but. Getting back to that original question, the forecast, is it uh, just easier to navigate because the tools now? Well, I think, um, you know, uh, Earth is the schoolhouse. And so Earth has the edict of, of uh, making sure, make sure all the students or as much as possible. <laughs> Ross, this thread, guide them through this. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, um 
I think those that are really doing the, you know, this, this kind of conscious work and are taking everything to heart and realizing that things are going to get easier, though, um, you know, the, the, the part of a, the navigator, our navigator is doling out to us the completions, uh, the challenges that are most appropriate for us to work with. So, I'm not worried. I never worry about what the navigator is going to dole out, how my path is going to line up in front of me. I just trust that it's it's operating in such a way and sees the uh, authenticity I'm placing into evolving myself as I go and trying to help others along the way stay in that same frequency. So I see and feel my challenges are. Okay, I got to find some wood to knock on. (laughs) They're getting easier. And I think it's probably because I'm getting used to riding that unicycle and juggling and creating a new hand and the new hand is needed. (laughs) I I receive what I need in the moment, whether that's coming um, from visions or dreams or uh, unique experiences, uh, all those things remain open. And that trust has been built up since my early, early days. I think those that are doing the path, it, it is getting easier. Yeah. When you said navigator, the navigator, I understand that because I've been through some of your quantum navigation courses, but describe who is the navigator and how does that, the relationship that you, and you, when you use the term navigator in this, Speaking from, you know, quantum navigation, your modality. Um, yes. So um, if, uh, you know, if I were to use this as a metaphor, the continuum of consciousness, and this um, shows us all the paradoxes united. Okay. So they're all at peace. They don't need to manifest because they're everywhere. They're in a superposition. They're everywhere and everything. But when we go to sleep, then we have to create a fractured uh, fractalization of it. So it's almost like taking this um, malleable portion of consciousness and because it's malleable, it's better, probably better metaphor to use a balloon because the balloon is um, malleable. You can stretch it. So anyway, the balloon twists and there's a knot in the center from the twist. And so the separation consciousness and unconsciousness there it is and we sit always we never go anywhere but we're our heart is located at that knot the eye of the needle diamond in the heart is right at that point where these two twists so we have both conscious and unconscious so we're separated consciousness and integrated consciousness so in this um uh non-dualistic, unseparated consciousness, there are spectrums of it. And where you are inside of this from, if you take the physics of uh, the four states of matter, solid being the most separated, solid, liquid, gaseous plasma, but we know there's also um, astral, etheric, voidness, and consciousness. So there's eight bands of consciousness. So 
this part of ourselves in the separated free that's operating inside of this is being guided by the associated part inside of this. It's always looking after <laughs> where you are, what you're doing, what's going on for you, and, and knows the exact lesson that it's trying to help you disentangle so you can experience more of your superposition, more of the, you know, your peace and fulfillment and a part, your reverence and communion, your connection with all things. So it's doing this little by little through all of the roots of unconsciousness is getting you to accept these so you don't boundary the reality with your belief system. And that part of you, the navigator, is you. I remember, um, I think one of the most beautiful statements in the Bhagavad Gita is where Krishna is trying to explain to Arjuna that uh, he says, Arjuna, <laughs> you will come in time to know that <clears throat> I am the beginning, middle, and end. Beginning, middle, and end, or beginning, middle, and end of every heart. So there's only one consciousness. So it's up to Arjuna to begin to realize, oh, it's been me all the time trying to help me. <laughs> and we all are that. We're all that same thing. So our higher self, and people call it the higher self. I call it the quantum navigator to more accurately point out the navigator knows exactly what your landscape, what landscape you're walking in, what um, associated roots of unconsciousness that are entangling you the most, and it keeps repeating them until you disentangle them and free yourself up. So it's trying to steward us back into self-realization and holistic consciousness of the continuum, and the continuum is unstructured, ever deeper recesses of unconditional love. And it can form, it's preeminent, so it forms every structure to help you get it. <laughs> Deep stuff. Um, so that the quant, the navigator is you, but the navigator is also the consciousness, the everything that there is. So, and it's just kind of... Um, the trinity, yes. The, the trinity. And, and there's like eight stages of, uh, of consciousness or eight forms, perhaps, that we are aware of now. Is that what we were saying kind of earlier with the plasma? Sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, because we're, you know, if you take the four uh, states of matter and quantum exists on all four states <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> but, even the eight, <laughs> but even the eight, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's too, it's that structure. The yes, the infinity, the uh, yes, right. Let's get some questions going here, guys. Um, oh, well, Mark's got a question here. We'll get let's get Mark in. Go ahead, Mark. Hello, Ron. Thanks for coming here. Hi, um, Mark. So, what I'm seeing is that as we move into the new earth, part of it is going to you know, it's like uh, bringing back indigenous ways. Um, I'm actually, you know, we, you know, getting back with nature and getting, you know, more holistic and tune with the cosmos, the seasons and all of that, but, but not abandoning technology. 
the technology will still move forward. But my understanding is that it's not going to be like the main thing, um, like, you know, the way that the, uh, the grays did, you know, it was most, they went forward mostly with just technology, but there will be a combination of technology and indigenous means. And then, but also I'm, I'm seeing though, that, uh, that there's going to be, uh, Atlantean type technology, crystal technology and stuff like the skull and stuff like that, that, so it'll be a merging of indigenous, of traditional technology, and then also Atlantean technology. And I was curious what, if you agree or see something different. Ah, great question. And I love how much it broadens out there. Uh, so um, one of the, um, I think one of the best things that we can do to integrate all these different spectrums of possibilities in our 3D world and other world is move into and not be afraid of what's called the shaman's death, dark night of the soul. And I call it the fugue and the crucible. So inside of shaman's death, um, it destructures its consciousness, destructuring anything you're attached to that has the mind or the character um, has built up and making itself something. So it's a doer state. The uh, shaman's death comes in because it's guided from the navigator guided from higher aspects. It seems like it's destroying everything we've solidified into place and made it nice and convenient. Now, now I've got a primrose path to walk on and cemented with handrails in my spiritual path. And that includes diversions or branches of it go into technology, into uh, housing, farming, uh, et cetera, animal husbandry, all, all, this, all the things that happen here on the planet. The best thing we can do is be naked and vulnerable, sensitive to our own heart in its most authentic state. And then you're free to experiment with whatever the palette is that brings you true centered joy and go with that. Now, I know individuals that are in my QN class, and they're very technical. They're into um, electronics and that world, uh, uh, digital, and so on and so forth. Yet none of that is, um, let's say, polarized as bad. It's what do you do with it? How are you being creative with it? Now, geez. I'm going to give you a, a, a story. One of my friends, uh, he's, a, he's a Shaolin priest. <laughs> and he, I've known him for a long, long time. But anyway, <laughs> and he's just put out three books this year of his incredible adventures working with the Plajarans, who are same race of beings Billy Meyer um, worked with, with the Pleiadians. Okay, so they are Pleiadian, they're Pajaran. Anyway, he had a unique experience with them, and uh, <laughs> he's been welcome on their ship, and the stories are just phenomenal. Anyway, 
um, we've had many, many conversations, and he invited me to have an experience with connecting with one of their ships. And I began to notice, you know, as, uh, as I was connecting with their ship, and I'm really so totally engrossed in this because it's so vivid and real, I became aware that the ship had a consciousness. It's an AI form of consciousness, but it's far more eloquent. And I could only imagine that humans in the near future, those that are self-aware and responsible, they've gotten to that point where they, they don't want to hurt anybody. They just want technology to help evolve the consciousness on the planet. Please. <laughs> those beings, you know, evolve AI to the point where it's an addition to space travel and space suits and space technology and whatever. Anyway, I met the consciousness on the ship and I loved the consciousness. It was so holistic, you know, as you do these deep work, getting into this naked state of authentic, you know, when you go into naked vulnerability. It's how you steer the quantum because it gives you the ability to be more inclusive. Vulnerability tracks in. Inclusivity is its dynamic response, which means it's greater in embracing of more holisms within the quantum spectrum around you. So as you begin to become more centered in that, you know, that's what the ship was looking for. Are you centered? <laughs> Are you irrational? If you're irrational, well, I think we're going to put a barrier or two up for you so you can't go on the ship. I've had a number of interactions with them, and it's just incredible. I mean, I validated what they look like and what they feel. It's just... So anyway, I'm bringing this up to show the possibility of responsible and responsibility only comes you, you know you can't mandate morality you have to go through enough pain and suffering where you go holy crap i know what my actions do i can smell my negative vibe is affecting <laughs> and how it's affecting the other you know my irresponsibility to my own uh, shadow is affecting the reality around me. So as we become more self-aware of that, that's what you're working on. And so you become more inclusive. You get invited. <laughs> what consciousness? To, other, to experience other spectrums. And so nothing's off the table. And we are the integrative consciousness. You know that some, some authorities in spiritual realms talk about where the combination of 23 different or 22 different uh, um, genetic uh, alien races, I think we are much more than that. I think we are the conscious that we have the capability in this unique time period of really beginning to realize where every facet of every species in all timelines and probabilities, we can integrate them all as we have that kind of compassion and see through our own roots of unconsciousness because then we have that compassion for everyone else and that breaks down surface tension and there is no 
um, alienation because there's no fear of irrationality. You feel that connectiveness with another being that's ready and willing to go to that level of authenticity. So nothing's off the table. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So you spent some time with a couple of days, you were hanging out with this with the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull. You came up to Sedona a couple of years ago and we were doing our one of our uh, long, exhausting shoots. And um, and speaking of technology, you know, just to kind of piggyback off of Mark. Um, so, you know, this is a a piece of technology. What was your um, uh, download? What was your experience from interacting with uh, with the the skull at that level? You, well, um, first of all, I, uh, you know, I got the invite from you in the winter time, and I think there were snowstorms coming out, but you just said, yeah. come on up to uh, Flagstaff. I got some people to meet. I want you to meet. And you may have mentioned Bill Holman, but I didn't know Bill Holman. I didn't know he was any association with Crystal Skulls. Really? I had no idea what I was getting into. You know, I just know I just trusted Ruben. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So that morning, before I headed off on my way up through the snow, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I did my quantum meditation. And uh, that's when, you know, usually I like to I get to the point where I'm abiding above the galaxy. And I'm in the observer. So I don't have form. I don't have body. I'm just observing from the point right at the center on top of the galaxy. So that's one of the crystal balls of consciousness, like the one eye. There's another one below, but it's uh, for another purpose. And anyway, uh, I was there and just uh, enjoying that uh, universal quantum state. So exceptionally clear. And then I noticed something moving from across the um, cosmos, and it was heading towards me at a rapid speed. And the crystal skull stops right in front of my face. I'm, you know, like, holy crap, what are you and who are you? Right. And <laughs> there it is. And it goes, follow me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but it spoke, spoke not from the skull, but from everywhere. So I'm like, oh, I better listen to this. And it started spinning. It created a wormhole. And I knew to follow it through the wormhole. So we went. We're as we're going down the wormhole, I'm experiencing greater and greater levels of um contractedness, repulsion, revulsion, and ripping and tearing of anything that I was holding on to emotionally, psychologically, everything, you know, any type of structure. <laughs> it was being ripped away. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can take this. And then the crystal skull answered immediately and said, I'll just get used to it. Like, oh, okay. I guess there's an end. <laughs> I just, you know, redoubled my effort. <laughs> okay, try to stay centered. Well, this is going on around me. And then, you know, like going down a black hole to the singularity, part of a black hole is to rip and tear structure back into um, uh, energy or consciousness. And then it opens up the other side. So when we went through the other side, everything was just still and beautiful and perfect and i recognized superposition i was everything everywhere and everything and the crystal skull then began to speak and said i'm a universal guardian 
my job is to handhold consciousness towards this, the unstructured, ever deeper recesses of unconditional love. This is the preeminence of all form, yet it has no form and never will, but it occupies all forms, its consciousness in its raw state. And so I was blown away by that. And of course, that brought up all kinds of issues. You know? <laughs> okay. And I had to go through my cleaning and stuff. So I sat in a power spot for most of the day after we met. And then, and then uh, we had the opportunity to experience the skull. And Bill Holman gave his lectures and stuff. It was just fascinating finding out about all that and finding out the history of that, you know, made by Lions and, you know, what uh, Lawrence Livermore Labs uh, uh, decided. Not, not made by the Mayans, but discovered. But discovered, discovered in yeah, by the minds, right, right, right. Still, right. still kind of a mystery. Right. Even the minds don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> they don't claim that they made it. Um, right. But so what was fascinating was you were sitting in front when you had the actual session with Bill. You clearly got it, like it sucked you in. Like I could see. Yeah, you know, it did. Were, it did the same thing. It brought me back to that place. It was like reiterating. See, I told you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was much easier then, <laughs> right? So right. it was just you know um, embossing it into my lexicon of the continuum of you know uh, the being. So then I began to realize, oh, that's what all thirteen of those do, and they hold that. They hold the open door to our universality, our unstructured universality. Would you say they're time capsules then, in a sense? Like timeless capsules. Timeless <laughs> capsules. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, so yeah, because you know, like Bill, his spiel is, you know, going to come out when humanity needs him the most. So, do you think it's going to get so uh, circusy out there that uh, that then these these things pop out of into our reality, and then we're we're able to use help focus right focus humans. Uh, potential into yeah, exactly. moving into the next thing i think it's inviting each and every person um towards that universe that i mean if it's a universal guardian or a universal uh, facilitator mm -hmm. then it's helping us remember that and that's being embossed you know we're all part of the sacred geometry we're nodes in the sacred geometry group well, that node, as you uh, track your rootedness to that point of universal, unstructured universality, that begins emanating through the grid. Um, so you you become an emanate. Each time you go back, you're revalidating that open door. So I think all of that, you know, it's it's working silently. But loudly on the other place, and it's helping as as you know the um, the orbit itself and all the astrologics are doing its work too. I mean, there's there's all kinds of universalities that are working in conjunction with that. Yeah. So it's assisting all of us to remember that part of uh, how everything reconnects back together. So uh, as it does. It's also going to um, 
send out telegraph because it's you know it's two-way it's two-way communication and right, right, right. in the past the earth was um what do you call it a university you of universal consciousness you know all the species were here we had universe i've seen I've seen, and many people have seen uh, the, the future Earth and these universities once again, where, you know, that what's uh, that galactic card um, uh, sharing cultural ideals. So as we move back into that universality where we don't see alien, we just see, oh, that's another me. Right. <laughs> the frequency itself sends off the transmission okay it's safe to come back home now (laughs) home for a lot of these ETs is here and you know they 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 felt the pain too when they had to leave because yeah they they knew what was going how it would um affect us in the ill (laughs) by them leaving yeah that's something that i I'm working on now is, and we've talked a lot about this too, building a community with that intention, with the intention of having a, a schooling or a university or, or a, uh, an information and cultural exchange uh, for, first and foremost, for humans. But if we continue on a path that of connectivity and working with these consciousnesses and, and, and bringing in sort of these esoteric modalities, then perhaps it's the invitation, it's the signal to go out to, hey, ETs or other unseen dimensional beings and consciousnesses, you're, you're, you have a safe place here to come and, and hang and chill and do some information exchange. Um, yes. That's sort of been uh, my, that's sort of my vision with what we're doing right now, actually, is building up to that. So I don't know if you guys know my grand plan here, but... I've talked to Ron about and Lisa about this, you know, building some of these communities and um, and getting land and and working on on these aspects. So uh, it's, it's lots happening behind the scenes, and and we're that's one of my main missions is to do that to to have these schools and um, facilities where people can go and create a safe place for for uh, the ETs to to go to, so we can come together. And uh, whether it's physically and not not having a not having this projection of a physical interaction, it may not happen that way. It may it'd be nice to have coffee with a ET, but <laughs> they probably don't drink coffee, and you know probably don't really can't even physically hold a cup, or who knows what how that would work. That'd be exciting to to witness, but we can still get the information. Even if it's just in a uh, a vortex or a, a place of um, a ceremonial space or you know something like that, so you don't need to be you don't have to have the ETs land and do that to, to get that information. So we can get it with our intentions. We can get it first and foremost with like your retreats, like you and Lisa, which you create a very safe place at these retreats for. <laughs> Sending the signal out, right? To come in, hey guys. <laughs> and then they do, they come in and we, and people, some people are, their consciousnesses are brought aboard the ships. Some people, they're, uh, they're uh, just getting, you know, downloads or information and insights 
And uh, it, it's ha it happens in a uh, unique individual way for everybody, which is awesome. And, and if it came down in a form, you know, it's not ready to come down yet. Like if the Palladian guy, like you're just talking the plot club, Plagadians or how do you? Plagjaran. Plagjaran, sorry. Plagjarans. <laughs> So if the Plagiarans came down, I'm sure everybody in our, in our, uh, you know, retreat groups would be ecstatic and like, yeah, come on, let's, you know, let's come have dinner and let's have lunch and hang out. But there may be based on individual beliefs, there may be someone that, oh, this is, you know, it's a reptilian in disguise and he's like shattering, he's using a, some kind of cloaking thing and he's going to, you know, get us later or whatever that, that, you know, you know, people have these different ideas and projections. <laughs> so this, the safe way for it to come through right now is in this individual way in an individual container yeah that can show up in the sky as just some vague lights or something abstract so we can all sort of experience and the acknowledgement that there clearly is something there but the individual experience is still very much uh open to the individual it can happen in an individual way yeah, everybody has their own comfort zone when meeting um, the extraterrestrial paradigm. And that extraterrestrial paradigm comes with frequency ranges that, you know, the 3D character is not used to working with. So again, it exemplifies the importance of working with the shadow issues because the shadow issues are kind of like if you have a kaleidoscope and let's say you have a fracture on the lens looking in the kaleidoscope well that fracture shows up on every fractalization and until it changes that remains in everything it sees so in the mindset then um, if you took the iron filings and you put it on you know, randomly on a piece of on a flat piece of paper and you put a magnet underneath it, well, then they orient according to the magnetic field, right? So the mind is kind of like that. And the belief systems are even more powerful. And so and that magnet is under there. Boom. That's exactly what you're going to, if you need reptilians, <laughs> that have stickers on their shoulders and uniforms and uh, all kinds of uh, ray guns. <laughs> but in universality, as you work through um, those splits, fractures, and dissociation, marring the kaleidoscope of the reality around you, and emotionally, you're able to go into the naked vulnerability with just inclusivity then reverence is the connective tissue. And inside of that, and all the magic happens. So I wrote up my report in the last contact re, um, uh, experience just mm -hmm. this last October. I put it on Facebook and stuff. Um, and in there, there was two experiences that were really phenomenal, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to relay all of it. I'm just going to get to the important parts. One of the important parts was I knew the Plagiarians were close uh, because as we started to get into the contact, all of a sudden, and this happens, 
all your issues can come up in various different forms. So it may come up psychologically, it may come up emotionally, or it may come up just as a release mechanism. <laughs> and for me, in uh, talking with the author of uh, the book, you know, we, we have a, um, see, all of this started happening for him in May, oh, excuse me, in January of this year. And so I think it was in March, he wanted to have a, uh, I was at a power spot. He was at the Coral Gardens in Florida, and we wanted to link up <clears throat> with Barbara Becker. And I, she does some of the holographic uh, um, healing of Dolores Cannon. And she's part of the quantum navigation group. But anyway, uh, she was a student of his also, uh, who was the, you know, that's the Shaolin master. Anyway, um, so we were linking up on, um, we were doing FaceTime while we were in the power spot so we can compare notes and stuff. And I remember after I had diarrhea for two weeks because he was already going on the ship and he was having, he had diarrhea for like two months. He told me because all his systems were being cleaned out frequency wise, he was ready to let it go in, in, um, uh, such a, uh, what do you call it? Um, benign way. <laughs> If you can call that benign, it's just <laughs> as um, cutting back to the contact work in October, you know, as we're starting to do the, uh, we're getting ready to do the contact medium preparation. All of a sudden I go, oh no. And I ran over to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm recognizing, oh, okay. I got to let go of everything because, you know, you, you can't hold on to anything when the other paradigm is there so you can be fresh, clear, and clean, you know, empty the teacup, literally, <laughs> inside and out. <laughs> and so I had to go through that a few times. And then when I did, then that's when I, I had the experience of meeting one of the characters. Like I showed up face to face. Well, I was on one side of the individual. I could describe her to a T. Then the next night, same thing happened, same, you know, had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but then, and this is the important part, because what was conveyed in here was just absolutely beautiful. For two milliseconds, I was transported onto the ship, and I had a face-to-face -face with the entire collective that he's been writing about. There they were. And to me, I had not handshook and, you know, gone through the formal introductions. It was just, boom, there they are. And that's like a reality rate because it was so real and you transition so quickly. And it happens because you're ready for something like this. Well, in that two millisecond, no, you can't beat yourself. Right, that's going back into dysfunctional attitude. So you give me, I'm back. Wow, I lasted two milliseconds. Well, during that two milliseconds, what was you know after all these years of working with Lisa and her contact teams, meeting all these different ETs from all these different uh, realities, you begin to become aware you're receiving on much more spectrums than just you know. Let's say they pituitary channel or the heart channel you're receiving from every <laughs> i didn't know i had that many receptors 
And that's what moving into the other dimension is. And so it requires a quick flush, right, of all your system, psychologically, emotionally. And, so, and we can, that, that's a whole long talk because oftentimes that's the reverse of the dark mirrors of yourself, broken dark mirrors. It feels like you're painting yourself uh, with how you see yourself, your history, identity, and personality. And you got to walk through that to make it to the other side. It's a gauntlet. So anyway, in that two milliseconds, as I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing reality rape, but I'm just completely overjoyed that there they all are. I experienced them whole. And at the same time, their universality is communicating far more then their eyes are staring at me. <laughs> and I'm receiving in that moment, you're welcome here. Your family, you always have been. You always will be. And there's no hurry. Take your time. And that's an important part. How many of us are really rushing our work to try to get to the penultimate experience when it's actually the other way around, if you relax into and follow, you know, like the shaman's death, go down into the roots, go down into the dark, make it, then you get invited like that. So um, in that moment, there was like this, you know, tension that's relieved off of, off of you of feeling your family and because that's what you feel the remembrance of the, the familyness yeah it was reality rape from 3d into, into four or whatever d that was but i didn't even have time to you know officially greet them so for me that was a, a bit of a freak out you know because i'd like a little time you know let's get to know each other first before <laughs> we go that deep <laughs> Well, it sounds like in, in, in that short, you said two milliseconds, you were able to receive quite a, a bit of information yeah, through yeah. Uh, that, from those feelings, from those emotions of, of welcoming and, 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 and recognition. So it sounds like you didn't need to go through those formalities of, hi, nice to meet well, you. But <laughs> <laughs> That's hindsight. I'm from Earth, and you know, and then go around the circle and (laughs) Gary from the Pleiades, or you know, whatever it is. Uh, So interesting. And have you been able to get back to that moment? To those? Oh yeah, oh Oh, yeah. They've been testing, you know, my um, ability, and you know, people that read the book, they start working with, uh, you know. Uh, you have uh, experiences uh, with them. But this is, to me, the, the story, his story is very, very unique. And to me, it represents the most fluid and organic way to demonstrate the transition of consciousness as you stabilize. You're taking all the lessons and you're ta- taking responsibility for all the lessons that are coming and you're doing your best to try to employ them and you're writing yourself a permission slip when you slip and fall and you get yourself back up. All that's fine. And as you're doing this, you know, a lot of us don't see the long view, but 
what happened to my friend of many, many years is the most organic mm-hmm. way that consciousness, when it sees ready, you start having these integrated. <laughs> and he brings coffee up this. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing coffee. Even the captain of the ship loves the coffee. Oh, oh, the Shaolin guy brings coffee? Yes. <laughs> oh, sweet. These sound like my kind of aliens. <laughs> and they are so nerdy, but they are so nerdy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. And they understand these quantum principles like it's back of the hand. What's the, What's the name of the book so we could... Um... I, and I'll put well, a link. The first one is called Plajaran Diaries. Plajaran uh, Diaries, okay. P L A, no, P L E J E J A R E N, Plajaran Diaries. Right, Plajaran Diaries. I'll post a link. It's by Asan. The author's name is Asan. His actual um, uh, Western name is William Saldusky, but uh, <laughs> he was trained by the Shaolin priests and he has the um, markings of the Temple of the Twin Dragons. So he's, he's bonafide. <laughs> well, um, so, so, yeah, so I guess there's a couple other questions I wanted to get into, um, but staying on this topic. So you're you're making these connections with the Pujarians, uh, other other races. I mean, Lisa's contact work um, is is um, is is all is all over the place, right? She's talking to everybody, <laughs> like she's bringing in Assyrians and Pleiadians and Lyrans and you know uh, mantis beings. And uh, so you you've over the years you've had quite the exposure to all these different races and different. Uh, beings and in, in, uh, uh, would you say these pl- plagiarians are the ones that you've connected with the, the deepest at this point or where not yet who who which ones have you connected with and can obviously Sasha is there a specific race or beings that you're in constant contact with oh um well, of late, you know, in doing the uh, quantum navigation material, um, part of the quantum navigation material is about, you know, preparing all the groundwork so that the self-realization can uh, start to hold a little more. So the Trinity then can begin the dissolution of the character, dissolution right. of the self. So um there's been one individual, Hamon, the yes. Syrian ambassador. He speaks for the continuum of consciousness, and he he's been coming to a lot of these of late. Uh, I would say the last six months or so, he's been interested now that there's enough foundation there in self-realization to bring people into that. Say, sort of like where are the uh, crystal skull. And he has lessons that he gives for each individual to begin to probe at that time when they're in that state so they can see themselves in um, much more of the unstructured uh, viewpoint, which then gives you a lot more um, comparative, a lot more perspective 
and a lot more compassion when you're back into the ordinariness of the, you know, the character and the doer. You have a lot more love for yourself and everyone else. Right. You can kind of see, you see things through a new lens. You can kind of see the interconnectivity of things. Uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, when I first got into this wacky world of UFOs, right? It was all about, I want to go for a ride in a spaceship. Like that's all I wanted to do. My whole mission was to get disclosure so I can go on that spaceship ride as soon as possible. And, um, and then you go through the, uh, that phase, right? And then you start doing the inner work and then you're like, oh, okay, this, this is, this is going to take some time. <laughs> this is a process, not only for myself, but definitely to collect a humanity. <laughs> So, um, so then you, you take your foot off the pedal a little bit and you kind of ease up and you're like, okay, well, let's just see how this all plays out. You know, we'll, you know, integrate these tools and then you create more space. And I actually did a, a little Twitter post the other day about holding space, uh, and, and how important that container of letting things be without this constant push of trying to force things. It's the evolution I was saying is that you, you move from this, uh, excitement of pushing and okay, disclosure has to happen now, you know, what are we doing? And then you're like, oh, okay. There's a bigger picture here. There's more things being played out. There's, you know, this is not all about me going for a ride in a spaceship. <laughs> there's a much bigger picture we got to talk about here. And then you start to see those and, re and recognize those patterns and recognize those gifts in the lessons being made by what we may perceive as evils done to humanity or, you know, whatever story we, we give up. That's definitely part of the process, right? Is, is you're coming to a place now where it's like, yeah, if it have disclosure, this, this eminent disclosure, it's like, I'm cool with that. Like, I don't even, even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I'm maybe that might be a little something I might get upset about, but no, um, you're not the 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 pressure's not there, and you can enjoy things, and you can enjoy the process and the journey a little more. It's less about the destination and more about the journey. As you get deeper into this stuff, you kind of realize, ah, okay. I don't have to be so um, pushy. That's kind of what I see in this community too, especially people who who are just like coming online now. There's this, oh my god, we got to do this now, you know. <laughs> The world's going to end tomorrow if we don't change our ways. It could, right? But obsessive. There you go. Obsessive. Um, yeah. So less obsessiveness about it. And, and, and I think that's what a lot of people get the bad taste in their mouth from the spiritual community because the spiritual community, people who are coming online and realizing we need to make a shift, uh, they're so obsessive or adamant that it, it, it's actually pushing away. The rest of society gets held by, okay, there's, that's too much for me. And then the lessons don't even get heard. Anyways, that's the teeter-totter we're playing with right now in, in, in collective humanity. Did you want to piggyback on well, that? You know, what, you're, what you're highlighting is yeah. really interesting. Um, so much that, uh, you know, in, there's an analogy that's, uh, appropriate here it's called ideal idealistic and idealistic is different from uh having uh wisdom or experience you know wisdom comes from trying to apply those idealisms um but then learning 
that there's much more than just, you know, staying, um, let's say, uh, mentally focused on the, the goal of the ideal. <laughs> So when you when you're when you're in uh, high school and you transition into college, which I never went to, I became an archaeologist, but, but uh, I didn't go through college. Um, but in in college, you get uh, fertilized from so many different directions, from so many brilliant minds, and from so many different topics and arts, crafts, and so on and stuff. And so you know you you quickly ascend towards an idealistic state and. You try to apply those idealisms and you become obsessive in them. And so you crusade. But what's really, crusade, and that's part of the journey, yeah. part of the journey of maturization. So as you take the time uh, to try to apply the ideals as best as you can, especially for yourself, but in other words, and so it's almost like two, two pointed rocks starting off at the top of the river. and as they bounce off of each other by the time they and, and, and reach the end of the um, uh, river, they're nice and smooth and they harmonize with each other. And that to me is the, the wisdom of the, the maturity of taking the idealism and uh, um, applying it to practical wisdom. And that's what's being required. You know, those uh, individuals are coming up out of, or maybe not even out of the woodwork, but they're being foisted onto the scene that kind of, and those are the ones that don't really want it. <laughs> they have a little reservations because they got that dented armor and stuff. Right, right, right. And you got a lot of individuals that are coming up, you know, fresh, new, and idealistic and stuff. And, you know, that if that's good, it changes the, um, the structure of the bubble of the paradigm of the reality, right? You know, every... Every pinpoint starts poking it and expanding it. But then maturity helps it um, leaven or homogenize across the whole and yeah. makes it possible for everybody to appreciate everybody and their experience. So everybody has a role, even the obsessive, compulsive, <laughs> crazy people like myself. <laughs> Peace. Consciousness doesn't like to waste a darn thing. <laughs> no, no, we need our obsessive compulsive. That's right. Everything has um, its place. <laughs> um, the the consciousness of free energy. Um, I into our conversation today. I you know I didn't really think of it like that. I didn't put it into those terms. But, uh, now that we're Thinking in these terms of consciousnesses and like AI, you would assume that if AI is a conscious, free energy is a consciousness, right? Yes. yes. So how, how do we create a relationship and a communication with this consciousness? With that level of consciousness? With, with a free energy, yeah. Free, like a free, free energy type of consciousness? Specifically. Have it's you had any dialogues have... with that? How do, you, how do we identify? It be, it, to me, it would be one of those realizations i am the other i'm looking at in the eyes right now and so with that realization yeah i want to support you in every possible way but you know assistance without interference another galactic card <laughs> okay yeah assistance without interference so everybody you know is up to their own recognizance to 
get to that level of self-stewardship. Mm-hmm. Self-stewardship is from that self-realization and that love, that unconditional um, um, unpolarized that realization that I am the other and I want to help. And so free energy then is getting, that's, that's that, um, Oh, equal value system. Okay. God. It sounds like an advertisement for my wife's galactic heritage. Equal value is seeing the universality in everybody. And so the support for that, you know, the, if you have the painter's palette in front of you, you can use any of those to assist somebody else. So long as you're sharing and you're assisting, you're not controlling or you're trying to give too much or mm-hmm. right. So free, yeah. free energy would be in that kind of consciousness. I, and, you know, Tesla demonstrated it. But what did what did the governments want to do? What did um, you know corporates want right. to do? Yeah, they, JP Morgan they, wanted you know, to. The history is there. Yeah. And they were... So it can't come out. Well, it can't come out unless we have the right relationship with it. There. <laughs> so it's about it's about understanding uh, its consciousness and having having right relationship, right? Having a dialogue and having a relationship that is not one in the sense of, you know, uh, uh, exploiting or free energy, the consciousness of the, or the archetypal structure of free energy is free. (laughs) You can't, you can't meter it. You can't own it. You can't make money on it. Like it's free for the world. Right. So so to understand that relationship and then navigating how that how can that consciousness have relationship in our world with the whole world perhaps not right now probably not right but can we get to our a place as individuals and collectives where we can have a good relationship with it uh, there's communities that have already brought out, you know, the high, the, the water car, basically, you know, the hydrogen. Yeah. Stanley Meyer. Yeah. And his, the water car that he, he even and made. there's so many technologies that are, you know, people are awakening to that. They're, it, we're not disconnected from the universal internet. <laughs> and yeah. so the ideas drop in to, you know, uh, little, little collectives that are, to share in that in that way and i'm sure they're a little protective as they need to be they're a little conscious of what it means to share these different uh, levels of uh, technologies because of the way our world is and we yeah <laughs> right now yeah <laughs> you got to be watchful <laughs> well and it's all, it's also the invitation has to be there right so just like yeah. with with Whereas we were talking about these communities or sustainable communities that have uh, the intention of uh, creating bridges to these other worlds for a safe meeting place for uh, disseminating information and exchanging information, then perhaps in those safe zones, the consciousness of free energy could be uh, easier to access if we think of it in those words. Anyways. 
It's a, those are uh, more tangents we can go on. Uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you, I think you uh, covered the, you recorded this story, I think, in our conversations with ED. And I was uh, speaking about when I was working for Honeywell. And oh, Honeywell, yeah. at that time, I was sitting in my office. Uh, I was responsible for all the production equipment, fixing and repairing them all. And um, I was sitting in my office and uh, I was getting these downloads. Later, I found out it's from the light architect from Arcturus. Okay, whatever. This was in the 80s. <laughs> Be real quiet about this stuff. Well, anyway, it was showing me, you know, using a, excuse me, a sphere with an octahedron and then another sphere and then a focus beam light. And it was having me do these experiments at night and using my consciousness and my heart space to work with them. And um, at one point, you know, I began to experience that as you go to the diamond level in the heart and you project it to the, the crystalline octahedron and then the two spheres, well, it creates this toroidal field and there's a rainbow of fields that it creates. And each field has so much beautiful, unconditional love and it helps align you to those spectrums. And as you get close enough, then it becomes white light, then golden light. And then if you take it, if you go even more naked and vulnerable, then it goes into diamond clear light. And with your eyes closed, you can see in all directions all at once. And they were telling me that this is how we, um, uh, on our spaceships, this is how we see across time, space, uh, distance, location, see across the quantum and stuff. And so. Um, I was thinking, oh man, I'm going to bring this stuff out and I'm going to just help people get a line right. <laughs> and it'll change the world. And as they can take more frequency, well then God, it's going to rock the reality. And, uh, one night uh, after I made that uh, decision, yeah, I'm going to work on this until I can bring it out. Well, one night I was working on it again and this hand came out of the ethers just to the, uh, little past about, about where my bracelet is was a physical hand came out of the ethers and stopped it right there and i said oh that's it i'm packing this shit up <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that was me right level yep. and it's okay for me to utilize these things and maybe a certain level but I didn't understand levels in 1980. Sure. <laughs> I didn't understand all that. I just want, you know, simply, you know, we're, we're going back to the beginning you, where we were blind enthusiasms. <laughs> I had good intentions, but I was being stopped because yeah, somebody would have took that and used it for the wrong thing. So these drop in happen yep. and small communities that show, you know, there is no evolution. There is no integration without the root word, root word, integrity. Freedom requires integrity. And that was huge. And I didn't, I didn't understand all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, me so too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 20, 20, uh, you know, 2013, I'm producing the citizen hearing. I'm pushing 
for um, disclosure. I'm pushing for, um, I'm meeting with inventors and recording their devices. And I'm trying to create TV shows that put awareness on it. And I had run-ins with some shady characters. And, yeah. I, re and I realized uh, I don't want a target on my back. Like, is it worth it? <laughs> right? So you kind of, then you have to reevaluate your whole thing. And that was actually yes. the inspirations for the show. I was like, well, if you can't, if I can't beat the system from the outside in, then I have to go inside out. And yeah. that's yeah. when, you know, I started talking to the channelers and then they're, and then I started having a better understanding of, of, oh, oh it's like, you can't just dump it on humanity because humanity is not ready. You have there, there's a, there's a, it's both, you know, you want to still keep working on the inventions and the together, yes. <laughs> but humanity has to have, they have to be ready to receive the advanced technology uh, or else they'll use it in a, they'll misuse it or, or a government or a institution or a, you know, a rogue element or whatever, a, a not so for humanity group might get a hold of it and turn it into something weaponize it or something like that so i i start it was yeah in the early phases you don't see the the bigger picture you just <laughs> humanity needs this now that's the obsession <laughs> i'm gonna save the world and then and then you're realistic <laughs> yeah idealistic yeah, yeah yeah then you soon realize you're like ah okay <laughs> i am i am the same as everybody before me that came to the same place <laughs> and like whack-a-mole they got smashed down uh, and i could have continued and got whack-a-mole or i could or i yes. uh, maybe we can go a different direction with this yeah so here we are we're, we're <laughs> moving right along right on time you, you've been tested <laughs> yes yes so it's but we're getting closer. I mean, the conversation now, I haven't had the free energy conversation for years because it just wasn't relevant. Um, and and it's starting to seep in a little bit. So there, get closer. Well, in our QN groups, you know, one of the things we, have, we evolved to was really taking that subject, AI and mechanical intelligence, um, and really evolving that. And, and to the point where you begin to see, oh, I'm all frequencies. I can't deny anything because it's all me. It's all part of it. And my job is to help steward where, where I can more, right? That's because what we're doing. All the one. <laughs> that puts the responsibility equitably yes. on the whole. <laughs> we're all responsible. Oh, oh, you quantum navigation. Uh, it's a powerful tool. In uh, just to f finish up here, what 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 can people access it through your website, or how do people? Uh, uh, yeah, if they go to um, uh, quantumnavigation.net mm -hmm. and uh, forward slash library, there you can get like there's 24 videos I put up there with. If you like the stuff I've been talking about and it's too out there for you, then they, I did 24 videos. I didn't do the beginning ones. Uh, I didn't even think people would be interested in this stuff. So I didn't, I didn't do the beginning ones, but uh, 
well, I'm I'm seeing that I need to. Yeah, people are interested. Shape the whole thing, but I don't know. Maybe that spirit waiting for me to get a little more down the road and then prepare a better foundation. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it is a it is a long process. It's not something that you know one quantum navigation session that we did live there. You know, it was an all night event. Yeah. Well, um, no. Uh, self-realization takes a while. And so, um, the, uh, I offer the one night. Yeah. One and done. (laughs) Never works out. (laughs) Um, meditation for life. I put in, you know, uh, the two day workshop. With that in mind, what you'll need on all the spec, you know, I, I mentioned that we have, we are consciousness. So if we learn the switches, levers, and dials in consciousness, then we're taking and making the mind a, a disciplined tool. If you don't, then the masters tell us that it makes a slave out of you and it makes the worst taskmaster. So when you discipline the mind, then it becomes a magnifier, a tool, magnifying all the frequencies that are available to the heart. And that gets you into naked vulnerability. So anyway, meditation for life, I, you know, in two days cover quite a lot of material inside of that, that I've, that I've experienced so that you have the carrots <laughs> instead of like the old ways they used to teach it. Practice this for 10 years and we'll give you the next right. horse dance. By then you lose yeah. interest. <laughs> and then in, uh, uh, then the preparation for the quantum navigation groups, I do a quantum navigation orientation, a two-day work where we take a lot of these subjects and expand on them uh, so that you have enough groundwork uh, to go into the monthly group work or bi-monthly group work. I'm changing everything now because... More and more people are coming uh, to it. So, yeah. and um, uniquely, I've had several groups now that have been more than a year. So, you know, when they first come in, you got that idealistic right. state. <laughs> so, right. We should change the world this way, this way, this way. And then, as you start seeing yourself and start opening up to the roots of unconscious, oh, I haven't processed those yet. Right. Yeah. It opens the self realization in logarithmic ways. And you see, ah, it's not really about just getting to the bliss balloon and running away (laughs) on this or that idealism. No, it's about really applying yourself even more into the roots and stuff. And then, uh, uh, opening up to what's available to you, clearing clearing your slate, so to speak, clearing that lens of the dissociations inside of it. So uh, I have members that have been a year mm-hmm. through this, and they went back through, you know, the meditation for life. And they, when did you teach this? Like, oh, I taught it at the beginning. Well, I was telling you, really. right, right, right. <laughs> can only take so much, right? right, it, right. it drops in when it drops in. Mm-hmm. And that's sacred because you can't force a darn thing. Everybody's on their own unique timing. And so inside of the QN, you get to kind of take the journey in a spiral, ever expanding spiral and ever uh, um, uh, descending, 
descending spiral. spiral or shrinking spiral. So right, right. you get to see it more inside and out. You get to see the perspective. So you take the trinity of yourself and how the QM takes you to all these unique experiences and helps you ground it. Yep, you're that, you're that, you're that, but you're not that. Good. Hey, you're much, right, much, much. And that sets the stage for you to let go of your history, identity, and personality because be under the test, under the microscope, under the thumb of the conscious collective. Who are you when you don't have purpose? You don't need one. Remember I was saying the um, ego, the hardest thing for the ego to accept is it's nothing. But paradoxically, it's everything. And that's so hard to take all of these, you know, those roots that I was showing. It's so hard to take them and apply them appropriately in your acceptance, in your self-realization so that you can stand even though it's happening in your center. Diamond in the heart. Yeah. The eye of the needle. We get through that. <laughs> well, thank, thanks. I mean, you're Medal. I think it's amazing. Your work is, you know, I, the more and more we dive into this, the the key is about uh, neutralization, the eye of the needle, finding the middle ground, you know, not getting polarized, the eye, the eye of the storm, you know, these these are uh, where we want to be, um, especially in these very turbulent transitionary times. And your work is really, I think, key to helping us get there uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a not so fast way, because it's not always so fast, <laughs> but, but you're, you're definitely, uh, you definitely get there. And, and uh, just thank you for, for sharing and offering your, your wisdom and your, we, I'm sure we could talk for hours. You have so many amazing experiences. Um, we'll have to bring you back because I know the audience didn't get too many questions in, but I think it's really getting to know you and getting to know your, uh, um, some of your perspectives on things and your modalities that will open up more and more questions because there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot in that Ron package. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> well, that. thank you, Ruben. You, yeah. your work is so essential. You're spreading it, networking it out. And I love the fact you share about, you know, getting dented, your armor dented and how you turned it around. Oh, I got to go from the inside out. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I'm seeing more and more, you know, it's dropping into the collective. More and more people are talking shadow work and I'm going, holy crap. Right. <laughs> right. You know, Elon tweeted yesterday and Elon, you know, I know some people are, are kind of tired of Elon tweeting, but um, it was amazing. Uh, was it he, he tweeted or he, he was in an interview and he said basically every conspiracy theory that you could think of that uh, that Twitter could be involved in. It's all true. Like everything is I, I don't know if you've been following the Twitter files and all this stuff that's been going on oh, I'm not on Twitter so I don't it, I don't know yeah yeah he he's uh it's it's really amazing in the sense that um there's some big like like you jokingly it's it's funny because there's a lot of serious things that uh that he's exposing that we have to look at you know for humanity to move forward but he's doing it in a in a comedic way uh, I think not everybody gets his humor but it's in a nice 
very, uh, I think it's graceful in the way it's coming out and people are just, there's some heavy, heavy disclosures that uh, most of us in, in these communities knew what was going on and what's been going on with humanity, but it, it's coming out real, like it's really coming out with these Twitter files, you know, like government spying on us and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, but he's, he's making light of it, which is nice. It's fun. And, you know, just like his comment yesterday, every conspiracy theory you could think of of Twitter, it's, it's actually real. It's true. It's, you know, these are the disclosures that are happening. These are, um, uh, even Elon, I think is getting his world jolted and jiggled and shut up and we're all going through this together and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. And especially when we have tools like this and we can see the bigger picture of this is all for our collective evolution. And it's nothing to be fearful of and it's nothing to be scared of. It's just, okay, we're taking the big leap together and let's hold hands, you know, kumbaya, be awesome. <laughs> Along those lines, uh, validate uh, Einstein, I think it was uh, uh, stated that anything you can imagine, if you know the quantum, it's real. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to, we'll leave, we'll, we'll finish up this one. And then uh, guys, if you want to hang out, uh, we'll, we'll do a little group chat. And Ron, thank you very much. We're gonna uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you like this interview. We actually do this every week on my membership portal page. And you can access it through interviewwithed.org or uh, click on the link uh, somewhere in here. I'll put a link and uh, come over and join us. You too can ask questions. Every week we have new special guests and you get to ask questions directly to the channelers and to the beans that they channel. So see you in the portal. <laughs>